Hello, everybody. My name is Zach. I'm Brandon, aka DJ Ecstatic Ecstatic East. Wicky wicky wah! And you're listening to Nostalgia Be Damn, the show where we take some of your favorite movies from the 1990s to the early 2000s, early to mid 2000s, I should say, and we crumple them up in a ball, and then we light that ball on fire, and we fire it over towards your house. <laughs> We're now committing, like, so many crimes. So many crimes. I, I'll admit, I was lost during that. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. All right. Uh, we're going to 1999, the action comedy sci-fi steampunk western, Wild Wild West. In case you didn't know that we were going in that direction Holy already. shit. All right. Let's just get this out of the way. Let's this film get it done. is terrible. It's so bad. It's <laughs> and I think so bad. This is a movie that's been talked about by, by many podcasters, I would assume. And it's a movie that's kind of um, notorious for being a bad movie. And so we almost didn't want to cover it. But for me, Will Smith encompassed so much of my childhood that I yeah. felt it was necessary. We had to do one of his movies. And a lot of his earlier films are pretty good. Well, so we tend to avoid movies that we know are going to be bad. We like to give movies a chance. Granted, most of them end up being bad. But we like to give movies a chance. Wild Wild West was one of those movies that we knew was bad. But I think it's one of those films that a lot of people remember as liking just because it had Will Smith and Cowboys in it. Absolutely. And it's one of those movies that's gotten worse over time. Oh, way worse. So just to put us back in the perspective of what we were like back in 1999, Will Smith at this point, had done no wrong, okay? Nothing. So he had started off in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air from 1990 to mm-hmm. Uh In 93, he did Six Degrees of Separation. He did Bad Boys in 95, Independence Day in 96, Men in Black in 97, Enemy of the State in 98, and Wild Wild West in 1999. It all came crumbling I mean, down. Was there <laughs> a more popular person in the 90s than Will Smith? Absolutely not. He, he defined so much of my childhood. Even after that, um, I'd say... After he got out of some serious material like The Legend of Bagger Vance and Ali in 2000 and 2001, mm-hmm. then he went back to Men in Black 2, Bad Boys 2, iRobot, Shark Tale, Hitch, I Am Legend. It was just nonstop up until the mid-2000s. Um, he was the king of Hollywood. Yeah. It was like every summer he had a blockbuster coming out and people went to him. And even now when he, he shows up in a... F- Far less films now, but even when he does show up, you give a consideration. You Will still Smith's take notice. In it. He's the best part of Suicide Squad by far, and um, <laughs> you know you you still pay attention when he when he headlines a vehicle. Yeah, absolutely. So Wild Wild West. Uh, tell me what uh what are some of the specifics for Wild Wild West? So this movie was a big budgeted failure. Uh, it cost $170 million, which at the time was the most expensive movie Warner Brothers had ever produced. It was the most expensive film of 1999. Mm-hmm. Uh, in opening weekend, though, it made no- nearly $50 million, which back in the day was incredible. Yeah. Only went on to gross $113 million in the U.S. and $222 million worldwide. It barely made its money back with a little extra, I'm assuming, after marketing and whatnot. But this was 17th for the year ranked in 1999. Wow. So to give you a taste of the top couple of movies that year, again, what a time to be alive. Uh, number one, The Phantom Menace. The Sixth Sense was number two. Toy Story 2, number three. Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, number four. And The Matrix was number five. The Matrix, interestingly enough, uh, Will Smith turned the uh, role of Neo away. He turned it down for this movie. He says it's cited as the worst mistake of his career. And uh, yeah, we could have had Will Smith as Neo. I mean... Not that we don't like Keanu Reeves as Neo. I love Keanu Reeves, but but what could have been? My God, Will Smith 
as Neo. And this is something that I brought up through the whole movie. Anytime something bad was happening on screen, which is a lot, I would just say, yeah, turn down Neo for this role. (laughs) So this was directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, who, of course, did The Addams Family 1 and 2. He did Get Shorty. He did Men in Black 1, 2, and 3. His last couple of films have been kind of shitty. He did uh, RV with Robin Williams. I don't remember from that one. Yes, like I remember that movie. His most recent film was Nine Lives, the Kevin Spacey cat movie. <laughs> have you seen the trailers to this? I've seen the trailers, yes. <laughs> I can't believe like After House of Cards, Kevin Spacey did Nine <laughs> Lives. I mean, just when we look at this director... It just seems like early in his career, he was just knocking it out of the park. And it's like over the past 20 years, what has happened? Yeah. What is going on? Yeah, man? He's, uh, he started off as a cinematographer. He's actually done a lot of big movies behind the lens. But Wild Wild West was just a colossal failure. Now, Roger Ebert gave the film one out of four stars. I'm going to read you the first paragraph of his uh, of his review because it's it's fantastic. Wild Wild West is a comedy dead zone. You stare in disbelief as scenes flop and die. This movie is all concept and no content. The elaborate special effects are like watching money burn on the screen. You know something's gone wrong when a story is about two heroes in the Old West and the last shot is of a mechanical spider riding off into the sunset. Oh my True god. True words have not been spoken. I mean, it's so true. You, It's tough to watch this movie and comprehend what's going on. It really is. It's true insanity. So this, ha- this has a 4.8 on IMDb and a 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it's got quite the cast. I mean, we've mentioned Will Smith here, um, but it's also got Kevin Klein, Kenneth Branagh, Selma Hayek, Ted Levine, like a, a lot, lot of talented people. people here. Yeah, a lot of really good people in this movie. Uh, Academy Award winners in this movie. <laughs> That's right, sadly. Several. Sadly. Uh, yeah. So let's get into it. 1999's Wild Wild West. We start off in 1869 in Louisiana, where this scientist gentleman is running from what appears to be a saw blade that has a mind of its own. Uh, you're later revealed that this thing it, it runs on magnets or essentially is, is drawn to the this magnetic collar that's around this this scientist but that just doesn't make sense i don't understand these saw blades that come up throughout there's also a tremendous amount of spiders and spider iconography and all kinds of weird shit about i mean spiders in this when movie. you think of the theme steampunk this isn't exactly the first movie you think of but that's exactly what it is it's steampunk a lot of the science doesn't really make sense in it so this guy's head gets chopped off there. Ted Levine comes over and picks it up. We get this weird animated uh, title sequence that's, I guess, supposed to be kind of harkening back to the television show in which this is based off of. And I, a little behind-the-scenes look here at Nostalgia Be Damned. When we were watching this, I went up to go to the bathroom, came back, and the title sequence was still going on for like <laughs> another 30 seconds. <laughs> now, Robert Conrad, who was asked to do a cameo in the movie after reading the script, vehemently disagreed said no i will not do this um he starred in the original 1960s television series and wound up accepting all three of the awards that this film won at the golden raspberries aka worst picture worst (laughs) he accepted them in person uh, which is pretty badass that's pretty funny like that yeah so after this little uh intro scene we're then flash forward to morgan west virginia in which uh will smith james west is uh having sex in the town's water supply naked and it also looks like all of his belongings, <laughs> like his bed is in yeah. there. Does he live is in the water tower? In water tower? Does he live there? I have no idea, but what I can tell you is at five minutes and 30 seconds into this movie, you get some Will Smith balls. Oh, we and we had to pause it to make sure that it was true. I'm ashamed of myself, but we, yeah, we did. We did, but it, we like, did frame it frame by frame to check. And Will there. Smith's balls are 
front and center. And now we're not sure if this is a double where because you can't see the top half, so it's just kind of a behind the the buttocks as he stand up. So maybe it's a it's a double. I don't know, but we either either way, we're meant to believe Will Smith balls. Are they in sold movies. they sold toys for this movie. This was billed oh, as dude, this was the Burger King movie. something. Yeah, this is billed as something that kids can go see, and five minutes in, you see Will Smith's balls. And that's the least of the offensive material that kids are subjected oh, to. Oh yeah, the the amount of racism in this film is Oof. baffling. And I get that it's supposed to be with people who didn't quite give up the Civil War, and it takes place in the South, and black people aren't really supposed to have a lot of rights during this time. But, I mean, it is just... It's offensive. It, this movie is straight up offensive. It's crazy. Yeah, they, they do the whole thing where they cast Will Smith as the lead to, tr to try to subvert... You know, expectations. You know, he's leading this 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 uh, drama or, or or action film that that was kind of harkening back to a, a '60s television series that was predominantly all white characters, obviously. Um, and so I kind of understand where they're going for it to try to modernize it, but the jokes and everything after this comes off really cringeworthy, and and it's like it's it's upsetting to hear some of the dialogue that is Will Smith's forced to say. We were watching it with someone who had not seen it. And the shock sometimes <laughs> yeah. in, in some of these scenes was real because it is just, if you hadn't seen it before and seen it for the first time, especially in 2017, you're really kind of blown away by how blatant some of the racism and offensive material in general that this movie has. So we're introduced to Kevin Klein, who plays U.S. Marshal Artemis Gordon, and he is uh, dressed up as this hideous red-handed woman. W w w there's so much cross-dressing in this movie; it's it's unfathomable. I don't I don't know, I don't know if there's a movie with more cross-dressing. I but don't know. Kevin Klein makes up a very ugly woman. Dallas Buyers Club. <laughs> Yes, come on. So they're uh, Bloodbath McGrath, a.k.a. Ted Levine, who's got this weird, like, horn-like hearing apparatus that he spills yeah, earwax out he of at one lost, point. That's yeah, he lost his ear um, in the Civil War, and now he uses a horn. And we just want to, for reference, this is the guy who played Buffalo Bill. Would you fuck in, me? Yeah, in Silence of the Lambs. I'd fuck me. Um <laughs> And he's just, he's so gross in this movie. He's hard to look at. He's sweaty all the time. He's dirty. It, like you said, at one point he just pulls down his horn and like goopy earwax just falls out. It's disgusting. It's straight up disgusting. And they're in this, uh, it's like a whorehouse, right? Like, uh, yeah, they're in a brothel. Of the night. Yeah, yeah, a brothel. Or maybe a saloon, I guess. Whatever. Uh, There's whores all over the place. And outside. <laughs> Who's everywhere? <laughs> um, so Kenneth Branagh um, plays Doctor Arliss Loveless, who's this crazy paraplegic inventor man. Like he, he's got half half of his body was taken um, during the war, the end of the Civil War. He's extremely bitter about it, and he's transporting nitro, I guess. So he's stationed outside of the saloon with his ladies, who are who are reading lips of the characters inside. Um, and anyway, Will Smith, he plays uh, Jim West, Desperado, Rough Rider. No, you don't stop, want stop, nada. Stop, None of this. Stop, Six stop, gun in this, brother. Stop, stop. Stop. I'm going to meet you, Mike. I'm going to meet you, Mike. I'm going to meet you, That's without it. Look, guys, I, I'm going to... Here's, here's a confession, okay? I owned Will Smith's greatest hits on CD. I listen to it often. This had such hits as The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, obviously, uh, A Nightmare on My Street, um, parents just don't understand. 
the Men in Black theme song, and of course, Wild Wild West. I can recite the entire song if you want. Zach, did you want me to? No, it I looked like in your I eyes that you wanted want me to do, do that. You've done it already for me once, It'll happen and again. I believe you. It'll happen again. Don't do it. So Will Smith, uh, Desperado, he gets inside. Of, he gets inside, uh, breaks in, and there's this whole like go around of. Kevin Klein is hypnotizing uh, Ted Levine's character with these like the the cheesiest just like the circle black and white what are those even called dude I don't even optical illusions or whatever he's like staring at him and apparently getting hypnotized yeah. and she he's convincing him that he's a dog it's so stupid dude I this I the science and everything behind this movie is just insanity it's so dumb ah. Ugh. So anyway, a huge brawl kind of sets off, and this cart of nitroglycerin comes crashing down into the building, starts a fire, um, but both of them wind up escaping. So then we cut to Washington, D.C. Now, we mentioned Kevin Klein played Artemis Gordon. He also plays Ulysses S. Grant, the president. And outside on the front lawn of the White House, there's all these sheep and pigs. I don't know if that's how it worked back then. Maybe I have no idea. Know. So once they're both inside, both West and Gordon, uh, the president <laughs> details this entire plan where all these scientists apparently are being kidnapped around the globe um, for some nefarious purposes. They don't know why, but he tasks them both with trying to find out why and, and going to pick up these important scientists that, that, that apparently the United States needs. And... If it sounds like I'm just kind of letting Brandon go, it's because I've watched this movie so many times, several times, watched it very, very, very recently. I do not, like, this plot blends together to me. I'll never understand it. I'll never care. Like, it's just <laughs> no, it's pretty it's terrible. out of control. So this is where we're introduced to Kevin Klein's impossible train. So this thing has a litany of strange contraptions uh, that make no sense. It's it's the the conductor is played by M. Emmett Walsh, which is always good to see him in a movie. Mm -hmm. We failed to mention that Kevin Klein is an inventor. Oh, boy. So, so <sighs> he's just, he's making all these things that eventually do get made but we're supposed to believe that he like at, at one point without spoiling anything he invents flight <laughs> he does and it's like a backhanded like side note it's like eh, whatever yeah and like will smith doesn't care will smith's a very you know ask what shoot first ask questions later type of guy mm -hmm. and he just does not jive with kevin klein's procedural you know intellectual no so they start to try to solve this mystery who's killing these scientists and why apparently kevin klein has one of the heads of the scientists and it's in this contraption that apparently if you just shine some flashlights in the back of someone's head, it will project the last image that they've seen or recorded in their retinas uh, onto the wall. And apparently, um, obviously it's done in, in reverse or mirror, so they have to turn the head upside down to see the true image. But it's that easy, dude. And Will Smith's only lines during this entire scene is what the whole audience is thinking. That's a dude's head. That's a man's head that he is keeps... a man's head you're you're telling me that a man's head can project oil paintings and let's be clear they say like oh this is the last image he saw it's in an oil painting it doesn't even pretend to look like it's a photographic memory or anything like that it's a straight-up oil painting of what he saw. If this is true, we could solve... You imagine how many murders you could solve? Oh, my God. In today's... Any any standards. You yeah. You could just find anybody old, anybody's head, find out what the last thing they saw was. This would be... This is tremendous knowledge. Realism, zero out of ten so far. Not impressed. So the last image is of General Bloodbrath McGrath holding, like, that saw blade over them. So they get the... 
you know, their clue that, oh shit, it's Ted Levine, let's go try to find him. So now we're in New Orleans and we're introduced to Salma Hayek's character. Oh my God, dude. She's so beautiful. She's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, she's wonderful in this. Um, and not wonderful as in her character's given anything to do, but she's very nice to look at. And she's sweet and bubbly and, and, and a small bright spot in this movie. I, I want to go back to what you just said because she, when this movie came out, was billed like she played this huge role. And even remembering what I do remember from this movie, she played a big role. But rewatching it the other day, she doesn't. She's, like, useless. She gives one pertinent part of information and then does nothing else for the rest of the film. Other than just be, like, the good-looking woman that the characters squabble over a little bit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, we get a little more of uh, Dr. Arliss Loveless, paid by uh, Kenneth Branagh. And Branagh seems to be in on this. Like, I feel like out of all the actors here... He, I think, at least gets what the hell's going on and is just going so far over the top with his performance that I wouldn't say it's funny, but it at least is in line with the ridiculousness of all this. I think if the rest of the movie lined up and matched his energy, I think it's a much better film. But he he seems to be the only person reading the scripts, like you said, that kind of gets what's going on here. Yeah. And he just goes all out. And I think he probably is the best actor in this movie and probably the best part of this movie. I'll agree, I'll agree. So he plays this ex-Confederate scientist uh, in this steam-powered wheelchair, I guess. Um, he's hosting this party uh, for, you know, the elite of Southern society and whatnot, and this is where we get... This is where the racism starts kicking in. So oh, first, God. there's this banter back and forth between Smith's character and Branagh, and they keep trading jabs. You know, he'll bring up some sort of racist joke towards Will Smith, and then Smith will retort with some handicap joke for Branagh, and they're all very understated, but I wouldn't say understated. They're all very... Um, on the nose, on the surface, very offensive, but they're both playing it off as though they're just having a friendly conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I will admit that, like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't say it's funny. I can't say any of it's funny. But the fact that, like, no one's addressing what they're saying back and forth is in and of itself kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things where now we, as an audience, we look at it. And we're kind of just shocked that it's happening in yeah, general. Yeah, you really are. Like One of the first lines he says is something like, well, hello, dark stranger. You're adding color to the proceedings. Yeah. And everything they say is just punctuated by like, yeah. you get what I'm saying here. I also want to stress that Dr. Loveless, uh, when we say he's a paraplegic, I think that's just kind of understating the fact that this man is literally cut from his belly button down. <laughs> he does not have, and forgive me, but he doesn't have a penis. He doesn't have an anus. I, I'm very confused as to how this man functions. I don't know how he works. He barely he, has a stomach. Yeah, and he has this grand entrance where he blows out of this Abraham Lincoln paper mache thing. And there's all this, again, spider imagery. And I have to stop the podcast here is where we got to talk about something. Mm -hmm. So if anyone is familiar with Kevin Smith or any of his uh, stand-up material, he's actually talked in length about... This spider, this giant mechanical spider that comes later on into the plot, and how it was kind of conceived, apparently this producer of the film uh, had this idea to put this giant spider in the Superman films, and apparently was not able to do so, Warner Brothers kept denying him the... <laughs> to do so and he became obsessed I guess with putting the spider in something and so I feel like that was a huge driving force one to get the movie made but also the script itself I feel like he started he must have come into a pitch meeting been like giant mechanical spider 
write a movie around it how do i get it in there i honestly that's how it feels too is just like this movie probably would have been more of a traditional western but they were like this has to have the giant spider in it and there's just spider imagery on everything like all kinds of weird logos and drawings and it there's no, nothing metaphorical about a spider that's no. it's not like a sneaky like you're not meant to read into anything other than spiders are creepy gross I guess. and weird gross, yeah, yeah. So while Kevin Klein is trying to get information, uh, Jim West, Will Smith, is up in the uh, kind of in, in Arliss's office, which he uh, comes across by Ling. Um, she's his, like, sexy little assistant lady who's trying to essentially get West killed by... Here we go. They're in this room, and all of a sudden the paintings start moving. So we're meant to believe as audience members that all of these paintings are living paintings and that the the people who are painted on them are actually just live human beings. They're not just standing there, though, for for long periods of time without movement. That's not established. Nope. And it's also our second gratuitous butt shot of the movie we so We get far. a butt shot, dude! We do get a butt shot, dude! We get a third one from Salma Hayek later on, a little top of the, B- the BC there. Yep, and, there's no, and for, the, for the record, there's no reason for any of them. <laughs> any of them. Like, they could all just be implied without the butt shots. So the painting people start moving, and uh, Will Smith shoots them all, gets out of there. You know, classic Jim West style, Desperado, Rough Rider. No, you don't stop, want stop. none of this six gun in this. So Kevin Klein, meanwhile, finds Salma Hayek's character in this like bird cage, which is really weird. She's in this incredibly skimpy outfit, and uh, he winds up breaking her out. She says that her father is one of these scientists uh, that has gone missing. So he figures, well, we'll take her on board the train, and um, she might be able to help us out might be useful now because at this point uh will smith knows kevin klein's character is likely to dress like a woman he mistakes him for this red-headed lady there and starts pounding on her breasts like a drum and uh essentially everyone there all these white southerners are like hang him hang and him. it's actually introduced by kevin klein's character who's dressed like this lumberjack he's like hang him and he throws him the rope and then we're meant to, but it's like played for, all of this is played for comedy. Yeah. So Will Smith's dragged outside. He's then like on this perch where he's about to be hung, like neck, like rope around his neck. Yeah. And he's doing like a comedy routine for yeah. all these people. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just offensive. There's, there's literally no lines where he's like, it. yeah, there's literally lines like, you know, uh, how else were you going to get people to pick your cotton? Like, slavery, it wasn't all that bad. Like, it's all good. Yeah, it, like, what, and this isn't what's like, happening? And this isn't like, oh, we're being PC. It is like, this is a genuinely kind of shocking, even for the era. So Kevin Klein luckily gave him some elastic rope, all right? So he winds up slingshooting himself onto this moving carriage, which has Kevin Klein and Salma Hayek on it. They get away. Again, man, this is just laborious. This is a fucking chore I, and a it half. It is a drag, man. Like, there's just... It, this movie just blends together as, like, meh, cowboy action. It just sucks. It sucks so hard. But anyway, they get away, and Dr. Loveless is with a couple of foreign ministers and ambassadors, and he's introducing to them a new weapon, and it looks like a giant tank. Yeah. He's testing out this machinery, uh, which apparently is like a semi-automatic tank, apparently, that can Mm -hmm. just turn 360 degrees and fire off rounds. But the weird thing is, is he's testing it out on Confederate soldiers? Yeah, he he tests it out on General McGrath's soldiers. And when McGrath is like, you betrayed us, why would you do this? He was like, because you surrendered during the Civil War. 
Yeah, and then he he kills him too. And then he kills him. him. Yeah. So Jim West and Artemis Gordon are able to extract like one last piece of information before he dies about who it is. It's Loveless, which they kind of already knew anyway. So the scene was fairly pointless. Yep. So we back on this goddamn train and we get even more of these ridiculous contraptions and inventions that Kevin Klein's character has created. There's this whole pool table that flips upside down and goes underneath the train. There's a pool ball that excretes like gas that knocks people out. Like just oh all this God, stuff that you dude. know they're going to, you know, eventually bring back later on. That's just he's like knitting a bulletproof vest or yeah, something like Yeah, it's like, like he's that. making Kevlar or some bullshit out of... It's like chainmail, but he's he's knitting it like he would needlepoint. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and I think this is right right before we get the train fight, but it's right after we get a little Salma Hayek butt. Yep, we get Salma Hayek's butt crack. As it a looks kid, great. that was one of the first butts I think I ever saw in a movie. Oh, 100%. This was important to me as a kid. Yeah. Did you ever have, did you own Wild Wild West? When did you see Wild Wild West, by the way? I think I saw Wild Wild West in theaters. You did? Yeah. I remember the marketing was huge for this at the time. My parents wouldn't take me to it. They said it looked too stupid, so I saw Big Daddy instead. I do remember that. (laughs) No, my mom took me to Wild Wild West, and I believe it was because, like you mentioned, it was a Burger King movie. Yeah. I mean, like, it made sense. Oh, they're marketing the toys to kids. It must be good. No, wrong. Some hike, but. So there's this, again, ridiculous train fight. Uh, where they're on top of the train, they're inside it, they're underneath it. It's really pointless to explain. There's that Native American guy who's ex- introduced earlier that gets killed. Like, it's 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 pretty fast and and pretty dumb. Um, but what you need to know is Smith and Klein both get knocked out from that pool ball gas, and they wake up confused and in a cornfield with these metal collars on their necks. So this is, of course, the callback to the beginning where the scientist was running around with that collar on. Kenneth Branagh explains to them kind of what's going to happen. Like, uh, as soon as they leave that little perimeter, this little square, um, it sets off these saw blades, and they're going to come cut your heads off, pretty much. And uh, Jim West, being Jim West, he breaks the rules, man. <laughs> Desperado, Steps Rough over. Rider, no, you don't want nada. I'm, I'm going to hit you. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to hit you before the end of this podcast. Anyway, he jumps over, and they're being chased by the metal razor discs from the beginning of the movie. Uh, they run through this cornfield. It's very cinematic, very exciting moment in this movie. This Pro- is honestly one of the few, I guess I wouldn't call it enjoyable, but at least something is happening that you can really like understand, and there's, there's momentum, there's it's a action. Little, it's a little uphill rise in what is normally just a ravine of a movie yeah so they jump in this gully the blades explode somehow there's no gas or fuel in these saw blades i don't know what's no they run into each other then they just blow up but they're solid steel there's no machinery or fuel in there so so they both land in the gully and there's of course some funny sneezing bits with some mud it's that type of movie it's that type of movie oh my god so we cut forward and they're having a little open an open heart conversation by the campfire they're learning more about each other and this they're is where becoming friends yeah they're kind of becoming friends kind will smith's of. eating like a gecko or something that he's yeah. up over this fire like a horned toad lizard or something like that so they're now looking for spider canyon which god is apparently where this giant mechanical spider conducted by loveless is um and it's currently searching for the president and he is conducting this like railroad Go ahead, or they're, they're unveiling. Well, so it's weird because if they were going to pick one actual like ounce of historical accuracy, um, this I believe was the Transcontinental Railway, which they opened up with a gold uh, rail 
Spike. Yeah, Spike. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I believe that's where this event is taking place. Um, but obviously it is in, interrupted by a fake giant mechanical spider. Yes. So I don't know how Will Smith or Kevin Klein have gotten to where they need to go because they don't get on the train again, right? It just cuts to this ceremony. No, and so he's they're... dressed up as the president. Okay, Kevin and so, Klein is. And so this is where the movie gets frustra- frustrating because they were walking through the desert after they escaped the blades, found the Spider Valley, and then their train just happened to be there abandoned. So That's they just right. retook the train. That's right. Uh, so everyone winds up leaving the president once this giant, enormous mechanical spider. And when you say enormous, I mean, like, I, I don't know how big this technically is, but it is it's like Godzilla of big. Off, the, yeah. off the ground. Like, it's it Godzilla is enormous. Big. So all of his Secret Service people like, leave, and Kevin Klein comes over to do this like distraction thing where he's also dressed like the president, and Loveless just captures them both. Meanwhile, Will Smith is is climbing up this spider and is shot at point-blank range, falls from the spider, lands on his back and head, and is cool. He's good to go. Yep, he lives because... Uh, Kevin Klein put the needle point <laughs> bulletproof vest in his shirt without telling him, and Will Smith didn't realize that there was a giant piece of chain mail hanging off his chest. So you Never know, mind the fact that yeah, his fucking head would be goo by the time it hit the ground. Oh yeah, he dropped he, he dropped a hundred feet and he was shot point blank. So Artemis is now stuck on this spider. Will Smith gets up and decides that he's going to dress as a woman to distract Loveless. He's pretty much taken a page out of his old buddy Artie's book. And uh, Will Smith makes just as a terrifyingly disturbing woman as as Kevin Klein. He he somehow has time, though, to paint his nails, to do all his makeup, and get this clothing. Where do you even get the clothes? And so the way he goes about this is uh, he got the clothes from the train, I believe, because he goes back to the train and finds the clothes that because he has a ton of outfits he's also got a ton of breasts like fake breasts there's mm-hmm. this whole scene where they also like to get the perfect tit weight yeah <laughs> it's the empty sand output water and super ridiculous. inappropriate um but so they're in the middle of this giant like convention where he's declaring a victory for the south and like carving up the united states for all these foreign ambassadors and then will smith dressed as a woman walks in like unheated into this like giant stage and just starts doing a lap dance on loveless in well like there are hundreds of people just sitting around watching yeah like they just halt this giant meeting where they're talking about dividing up the united states so that this man who's cut in half can get a lap dance and it's are they on the spider at this point is that does that take place inside no, I think, the spider? I think That's they're a different in like place this altogether? fake city, yeah. Because in Spider Valley, it's I oh, don't Spider know. Canyon, bra, or yeah. Spider Canyon, dude. This movie is so it's disjointed. Just the worst. Like, it's they don't all give a over shit the place. Anything, no. anything. So somehow Will Smith has flamethrower titties because he's able to like distract them for a, a moment's notice. Anyway, for Kevin Klein and Selma Hayek to try to get away, but a fight ensues. So Will Smith and Kevin Klein finally do get away, and they kind of are shown, you know, the the extent of of his plan and this giant spider and what it's capable of doing. It's like shooting down fucking things with like nitro cannons or whatever the yeah. hell. Like <laughs> it's insane. So they decide, all right, we got to get back on there. How do we do so? And this is when Kevin Klein invents flight. And I have to bring this up. We touched on it a little earlier in the podcast, but I have to bring this up again. Uh, they fly. They 
fly for the first time and Will Smith is not impressed. <laughs> People back then, when they saw flight, were like, that's the devil. Like, man is not supposed to be able to fly. Will Smith is literally like, yeehaw. <laughs> you did a great job, Gordon. Glad this is glad this one worked. Now, what does he uh, what does he call his invention? Zach? <sighs> it's a clever pun. It's a very clever '90s pun. He calls it the Air Gordon. Yeah, like the Air Jordan. Yeah. Michael Jordan '90s classic. Really well written. I really got angry. I almost got up and left at that point. <laughs> I was so angry at that pun. So they get on. Oh man, they get on the spider again, and this this fight ensues. Now, what's kind of funny is that Kevin Klein's trying not to beat the shit out of these of Loveless's yeah. like assistants. They're these these women. Now, originally, uh, these ladies were supposed to be the kind of climax of the movie. Will Smith and Kevin Klein were meant to fight these women on this spider and that was the climax. Yeah. Apparently that did not test well with audiences because they weren't sure, am I supposed to laugh at Will Smith punching women? I don't get this. Is this funny? Oh, God. <laughs> so, the characters of Spike Guy and Knife Guy were added to the movie and inserted into the climax after test audiences found the heroes fighting only his beauties were a bit odd. <laughs> so, and, and you can tell there's a there's a line in here um, when Will Smith's fighting these two guys. The guy with the knife, he literally says, "No more, Mister Knife Guy. No more, Mister Knife Guy." Yeah. And he looks at camera like you can tell he seems sad delivering that line. Like yeah, he you really can tell these were reshoots, and he, he at this point must have known how terrible the movie was and yeah. been like, "Fuck, what realized like what was happening?" And 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 I like this piece this piece of trivia that you told me during the movie was that Will Smith apparently showed this movie to his mom and asked her what she thought, and her response was, you've done better, baby. <laughs> like, whoa. His mom you've done was, better, baby. His mom was like, ugh, dude. So, again, like, and one of the, they're like Frankenstein monsters. There's like two guys. They come out of nowhere, like literally nowhere. It's, you can tell it's so slapped it's such together. such a hasty reshoot yeah. plot. And, and it makes no sense for one of them, like, just kind of circuit, like, there's a circuit failure and he dies. It, it means, no, oh, like, it's yeah. just do sex and mocking. It's like, not, we can't figure out how to end this scene. Let's just have him just die. Malfunction. <laughs> malfunction yeah. and die. It, because he didn't do anything. Loveless didn't do anything. Kevin Klein didn't do anything. Will Smith didn't do anything. The guy literally just stops at the point of about to kill Will Smith. Just stops and he's like, no, I'm dead. And falls. So this is where Loveless gets mechanical spider legs. Yep. All of a sudden, he, like, raises up. It's not mentioned before. I don't know if he's just created this device or whatever happens but he's a genius he dude. now has like four spider legs that come mm -hmm. out of him and <laughs> it's ridiculous he winds up getting shot though by kevin klein eventually um and they have but before that they have another racist and handicapped back and forth like yep. joke montage second one of the second one of the movie in the climax of the film. But yeah, it's a whole convoluted way of him sliding out the, the spider. You, and You may be black as night on the outside, but inside you are yeller. <laughs> That's a line. But he, he gets killed, like, he gets, like, f falls out of the spider, and Will Smith hangs onto him. Falls off a cliff. And there's some stupid one-liner that I didn't bother to write down, but I know that he looks down and says something I mean, do we care? At this I point, don't. At I this don't, point, dude. we were so sick of this movie. Uh, we really were. Like, I just wanted this movie to end at this point. 
Lovelace is dead, everything is saved, the United States is saved, and Grant, President Grant, makes uh, Will Smith and Kevin Klein the first ever Secret Service members. Agent Agents. one and agent number two of the new U.S. Secret Service. Which one of us is agent number one? Classic thing to be upset about. So and yeah, as Roger Ebert said, we pull back. They're both kind of on this fucking giant spider. Mind if I ask you a question? Actually, I do, Artie. Also, just want to mention really quick uh, before this final scene with the pullback of the spider, uh, they wrap up Selma Hayek's plot by saying that oh, the scientist who was missing wasn't my father; he was my husband. You got played, you got bitches. played, idiots. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much her only plot line. I mean, if it seems like we didn't mention her, it's because she's not in the movie. She doesn't do anything. Um, and it sucks. Terrible underuse of Selma Hayek. Um, but like you said, we pull out and they're riding this giant spider, even though we're mess we're misled not only by the motion, but by sound effects that they're riding horses into the sunset, but it pulls back and they're riding the giant spider. They're driving it. Yep. They're driving it. They suddenly. Where are they going? I don't know. And uh, that's it. Cut the black. Wiki wiki wild wiki wild wild west. Oh my god. Jim West. Desperado. No. All right. So that's. I mean, that's wild wild west. I'm exhausted. Did you know George Clooney was attached to play Artemis Gordon, but turned it down when he realized it was like a second character, (laughs) second tier character? (laughs) I mean. That's probably not the only reason. That's probably not the only reason, but I, you know, that probably would have been a really good duo right there, George Clooney and Will Smith. But think also think about Will Smith maybe not being in this movie at all and being Neo in the Matrix. This movie straight out should not exist. And I feel bad because we talked earlier about that we probably wouldn't do a movie like this where we just know it's going to be bad. But I mean. This movie, there's just no excuse for it. It's so, even by our standards of nostalgic movies, maybe not living up to their expectations now, this movie was just bad, 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 bad all the way through. It somehow manages to suck the charisma out of one of the most likable actors Mm -hmm. working today, and at that point, definitely working then. Like, Will Smith legitimately was so much of my childhood. One of my, I think, honestly, if I were to be honest with myself, as a kid, he was my favorite actor growing up. I loved so much of what he did, late 90s, early 2000s, and this is by far, by far his worst film. And not only what they did to Will Smith in this movie, but, I mean, there's several very critically acclaimed actors in this movie. Actors who have won several awards. Barry Sonnenfeld, the director, Kevin Kline, Salma Hayek, Will Smith, and in fact half of the staff at Warner Brothers say have gone on record saying they hate this film. Yep. Uh, Hayek in particular thought she was being underused. She was. She was. Kline considered himself too good of an actor for the finished product. He was. He also was. Like nothing Will, good of, like, Will Smith considers it one of the worst career decisions he ever made. It certainly is. It is. It's terrible. Like most of uh, Smith's movies, though, around this type of time period, a hip-hop single yep. was released, Wild Wild West. Uh, Probably the only good thing to come out of the Only good thing, for yeah. sure. It was a number one hit on the U.S. pop charts, but also won a Razzie Award for Worst Song. Uh, des- Undeservedly no, so. No, deserved. No, dude. Deserved. <laughs> that's the line, huh? That's- <laughs> I was going to say, you just fucking crossed <laughs> yeah, the line, Yeah, that's the friend. line. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Anyway. 
let's i mean let's just get it over with Dude, let's rate any this damsel movie. that's in distress be out of that dress when she meets jim west roughnecks who go check the lawn abide watch your step will flex and get a hole in your side swallow your pride don't let your lip react you don't want to see my hand where my hippie act with automists from the start of this run in the game james west taming the rest so stop remember the name stop that was without paper that was without paper i can vouch for that that was without paper <laughs> I'm, I'm not proud of it. Though. Brandon, rate the movie. All right, all right. Uh, so, Wild Wild West. It has. Oh, uh, what does it have going for it, man? Do you have any likes of this movie? I was trying to think honestly. Like, do I like anything? Some of the sets are, are are decently made. You can tell there's a lot of money behind this, and there are certain scenes and shots that costumes actually the are costumes, not bad. Costumes, sure, movie, yeah. and like some of the settings, the special effects of the spider aren't bad. Like, there are a few shots like in the saw blades look okay. Like. Other than the green screen type effects, I would say most of them kind of hold up. But there's literally not a single likable character in it. And it has so many likable actors in it that it's confusing, confounding, and and just baffling that I didn't enjoy this at all. Like, this was a terrible experience for me. So what was the overall tomato rating? So this has a 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. If I'm being honest, I'm going to give it... (laughs) You know what? I'll I'll go I'll go 15. I'm going to give it a 15. Oh, that's very generous. It is kind of generous and I'm looking back now why I'm giving it a 15 and I can't justify it. So I'm not going to get down to a 10. It's a 10. It's a 10. It's a 10. Yeah. I mean <laughs> I, I that was exactly what I was going to give it. I'm going to go ahead and just a little notch lower. I'm going to give it an 8. Look, it's got some bizarre visuals and some like some th- like it's wor- I wouldn't say it's worth watching and I can never recommend anyone watching, but to watch it now with these eyes, like you're almost baffled at how it got made. Like it's it's insane. Listen, it's offensive. It's disjointed. It's sloppy. Very lazy. It's lazy. I, just everything. The nut. This movie has nothing good going for it. There's so many. Like you said, there are so many good actors in this movie. It's just confusing where things just like went off the rails. It shouldn't have been made. Will Smith should have been Neo. Selma Hayek shouldn't have been in it. Kevin Klein shouldn't have been in it. Uh, what's his name shouldn't have been in it. Yeah, Ted Levine. Ted Levine. Would you fuck me? Yeah, Ted Levine shouldn't have been in it. Um, the guy who plays Loveless too. Oh yeah, Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh should not have been in this movie. None of these actors should have lowered themselves to this movie. This is far and away the worst movie we've ever done on this podcast. Eight percent. I'll agree, uh, and it's on Netflix, by the way, as of the time of recording. So feel free to watch and join us along, and, and understand the pain we went through. Yeah, this leave podcast. comments on what you think. This is terrible. So that's Wild Wild West. Next week we are getting into a Macaulay Culkin movie, but probably not the one you're expecting. Yeah, we'll, we might touch on a Home Alone sequel later on towards Christmas, but uh, we're traveling to 1994 for. The Page Master. Oh my God, Zach! I have I remember nothing about this movie. This, this is pretty much going to be a fresh viewing because I rem, I rem, I have seen this movie. I remember what the DVD looked like or the VHS cover rather. Mm-hmm. And then I watched it at my aunt's house. I can't remember a goddamn thing. I remember a little bit. It's you know bits and pieces. I'm excited, looking forward to this movie. I, I my guess we probably will hate it. Oh, absolutely. I mean that seems to be a tradition here. However, <laughs> the the film after that, the weekend we're doing next. I'm sensing I'm going to enjoy, and and, and, uh, tune in next week to find out what that movie is. Yeah, stay tuned for that. Um, So I think that pretty much does it for us. Don't forget to subscribe and listen on iTunes. Uh, Also at Nostalgia Be Damned, where 
We are hosted on Podbean, nbd.podbean.com. Send Zach or I a message or a Facebook message um, uh, letting us know what movie you'd like to cover because November is Listener Request Month. Yep, looking forward to that. Um, and just keep listening. Thank you for listening. Um, um, so I guess that's it. Nothing uh, else to mention. that's quite it, Zach. I think you should probably come clean. Okay. Know. All right, fine. Listen, uh, yes, I am no longer going to Harvard. Um, I mentioned last week that there was a review board about uh, me going through some hazing while pledging a frat. Um, turns out that wasn't entirely accurate. It's not that it turned out that it wasn't accurate. This wasn't out of your control. I was allegedly doing the hazing on my roommate, Luke. You shit in his microwave. You took a, f- a shit in his microwave. You can't prove that legally. Well, the, re- the review board did, and clearly that's why you're not in Harvard anymore. Okay, the Whatever. whole point is I'm not going to Harvard anymore. Now I'm just focused on our upcoming lawsuit with the network. We're going to get back on the network. Uh, this podcast is going to be nationally acclaimed once again, and I'm looking forward to it, and you should be looking forward to it. Tremendous waste of time and resources, but I digress. I did it for you. Don't worry about it. That does it for us, everybody, on Nostalgia Be Damned. Wicka, wicka, wah! Thanks for listening. <laughs> Jim West, Desperado, Rough Rider, no, you don't want nada. I just hit Brandon. <laughs> <laughs>